Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, November 6th, 2021. It's just after 3 UTC. I'm Sam Minter, and Yvonne Bo is back with us today. Hello, Yvonne. Uh, hello. <laughs> that was low. Low. Very low. 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 We're down low. On the low down. So the agenda for today, we're going to do our usual but first segment where we talk about whatever. Then we will have a politics section and then we will have a pandemic section. Uh, and so and maybe I, 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 I don't know, we'll see what order we do those in. Maybe we'll do pandemic first, then politics, because as we are recording this, the infrastructure vote is happening in the House. And so if we do that later, maybe it'll be over by then and we can talk about the results. So. Oh, whoop, whoopee. <laughs> well, anyway, so. Uh, okay, can you guys tell that I'm very excited about the, about this? About the infrastructure? Yeah. So anyway, we'll we'll get to talking about that later. So, but but first, it's time for but first, but first, but first, but first. So, but first, but first. No, you should go first. But I don't know. I'll, I'll say you go first. I I I, I I've been hogging the f- go first thing. You probably have done it first more because I generally throw it to you because like I do the intro and then I like Yvonne what's first and then we go back and forth. Yeah. So it's probably me doing the my but first right. first uh, a minority right. of the time. You are correct. So I I, I will give you um the, the the basically I'll give you an update uh for those of you who don't know from not following me elsewhere. Um, we've talked a bit on the show uh, a number of times about my wife's run for county council. Uh, so that is over. Election day happened and uh, she lost. Um, is that what he did for, for when he lost? I mean, seriously, that was the sympathetic reception at home. That's that's about it. Yes, yes. Oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> Now, now to be clear, and I, I think like when I've talked about it on the show before, I have implied this without explicitly saying it. We did not expect to win, you know. Um, the now, you know, w- w- basically, uh, it's a Republican-leaning district with a Republican incumbent. Uh, it has gone Democratic in the past, but it's been a few years since then. I mean, not like decades, but it's been a few years. And and I think the, you know, the, the district has apparent, it looks like it's been going more red during that time. It's, it's a district that has um, a lot of rural areas. I mean, when I was putting up at signs and stuff, there were multiple times that I was putting up signs within sight of like, Trump banners and Trump signs and hand painted Trump things on people's fences. And not really. Basically, you're you're saying not exactly for land for what you got for for you. You know, you know, it, it's like sixty forty. Um, but I mean, 60- no, no, no. But that area where you're seeing the Trump signs, oh, yeah. is not exactly fertile land. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely like. Look, there are parts of this district, uh, which is Snohomish County Council District 5, um, that are 
fairly progressive and fairly friendly and democratic. Like there's a there's a small town called Index. And they loved my wife there. It's like the entire population of the town is like 200 people. And she went to like a town event and people were like passing her around and there are tons of her signs up in that town. And she won it by a healthy margin in the primary. But, you know, it's a small town. Um, There are other parts of the district that are closer into, you know, the city of Everett or whatever that are also more friendly. But there are lots of other spots in between that like, you know, even as I'm going there and driving through looking for places to put up signs and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I'm, this, this isn't the kind of place where that's going to go over. Um, but you know, it's, it's, you know, over time places change and whatever. And so, like I said, not that many years ago, a Democrat won this district. Um, it could happen again, but it definitely wasn't this time around. Um, the, The results in the general election were almost exactly the same as the primary election. That was a little bit discouraging, to be honest, just because, you know, lots of stuff. We did lots of stuff between the primary in August and the election in November, Um, you know, to increasing visibility with more signs, uh, you know, phone banking, doorbelling, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, and apparently no effect whatsoever, um, which, you know, um, I mean, the other, the other side was obviously doing that kind of stuff too, I imagine, but, um, it's still, you know, I, I'd mentioned on last week's show, you know, you've got a number of factors in local races like this, um, that are, one is sort of the default towards the incumbent unless there's a major pro in, unless there's a major right. problem. Yep. The yep. other is just plain at this point, everything is polarized and partisan and it's just, do they have an RRD next to their name? And once you know that everybody's made up their mind and especially local races like these larger races are obviously different. Like things like the race in Virginia and New Jersey and, uh, what, changed people's minds there and at least with races like that where you're talking a governor or a senator or whatever there's major news coverage there's stories about it every day there's you know people talking about it and whatever for this kind of local races you really don't get a lot of that i mean there's a little bit that if you're if you're one of the people who are really tuned in and paying attention you can sort of grab onto but even then it's it's hard unless you like are involved and know the people and whatever. I mean, there were like two articles in the local paper about this race over the last three months, maybe three. That's it. You know, and that's the local paper. Yeah. You know? Um, And I mean, I'm going to guess that the the turnout for this versus the general election turnout is also substantially lower as it normally is in many places. I mean, it's why I hate these races that are off I, I really think that almost all elected offices, all elections should be all at the same time as a presidential election. Because you wind up with these races, like with what you're talking about right now, where turnout is so low, people aren't aren't, aren't following this kind of stuff. And they only usually do in those big election cycles. I'm looking at the latest update, like, 
the the it takes like two weeks for the results to become final. Uh, the most recent update, I guess, uh, it was the one posted Friday night. So, you know, we had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So four days in, um, and the turnout was 39%. Yeah, so far. So that'll probably creep up a little bit further as they finish counting the last votes that came in. It'll probably be 40-something at the end. That's not terrible. You know... Yeah, there was a local race over here that was pretty controversial in the city of Miami. And and understand, the city of Miami is not the majority of, like, what is Miami itself. What was Miami-Dade County. I mean, it's relatively tiny. I mean, I think there's, like, I think a lot, 20, 30, 40, 50. I mean, there's a ton. Miami-Dade County has more municipalities than almost any place in here. And they're very controversial, uh, uh, member of the city commission a guy who's been arrested basically everybody calls him he's like he's like a mobster this guy basically won this election for the city of miami which ha- doesn't have a small population 3500 votes that's it mm. 3500 votes was the total number of votes that he got right and that was like 65 percent of the vote and so you see that i'm like my god this guy keeps staying in office, even after criminal charges being referred to uh, the attorney, you know, the U.S. attorney's office for criminal charges. And he still wins 65 percent because, you know, the total turnout, you know, for the election was like 5,000 right. people, 6,000. You're like, it, what the yeah. hell? So to, to sort of finish that up, I mean, I said we didn't expect to win. Just to be clear, we would have liked to win. Right. <laughs> you know, um, but, you know expectations were in line, you know, um, and, and especially, uh, like, and, and you know, it, it's just, it would have been a, it would have been an upset if she'd won, if she'd won. And we, we would, it would have been a pleasant surprise, but it still would have been a surprise. Right. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, and, you know, look, the whole thing was stressful. There was a lot of stuff going on. Um, honestly, my wife had a few problems with her staffing for the people that were helping her, uh, you know, all along, like uh, for the last few months and there've been over there and there were problems with one person and we brought somebody else on and there were problems with them too. And th- that was, it was all messy. And so, you know, uh, by the end, my, my wife was quite frustrated with the whole thing and is like, I'm never doing this again, <laughs> you know? Um, but you know, again, she is quite adamant that right now she does not want to, but I feel like there's definitely something public service related. She will continue to do. Um, you know, she's, she's involved in the boards of a whole bunch of nonprofits that are related to various uh, things in the local area. N- none of these are paid positions, by the way, but she's, she's on the board of a bunch of these nonprofits. Uh, she's works very closely with elected official uh, elected officials in the area um, of, of various sorts. And, you know, I, I mentioned like her district is kind of Republican. There are some districts right adjacent to it in the County that are fairly democratic. Uh, there, there were some, uh, yeah. And so she, a, a bunch of her friends that were running for things, uh, did win their races, um, or, and, and there are a couple that are actually still too close to call. Um, so they're, they're, you know, um, uh, she'll, she'll remain involved in one way or another. And, uh, yeah, but you know, my next thing 
and actually starting tomorrow, like a lot of people have already started and some of our volunteers have started doing this. Now I, I've, I've spent the last few months putting up signs. Now I got to take them all down. <laughs> you know, like they're, they're all of the signs are, are only actually legal to be up until two weeks after the election. Now, there's not really any significant enforcement of it other than after two weeks, like the Department of Public Works or whatever will start picking them up and tossing them as trash. But still, you're supposed to get up as many as you can. And, you know, some some of um, the volunteers who supported my wife have already picked up a whole bunch of them in a few areas. Uh, but I'll be you know, running around for a couple more weekends, grabbing as many signs as I can to, to bring them back. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my wife's trying to figure out what to do with them, right? Assuming she does not run for anything again, let alone this position again, you know, what are we going to do with a few hundred like yard signs with her name on it? She's so she's like figuring out arts and crafts projects she can do with the damn signs and stuff like that. Uh, but <laughs> We'll see. Anyway, it's been a lot of work. It's been, it's, I, I, you know, for, for me, like I, I, I was doing the signs. That was my part of the puzzle. So it was a lot of fun driving around, uh, the County. I mean, honestly, like her district has some really nice areas in it, just in terms of like cool views and nice, like, you know, rural areas where like, you know, I remember back when I lived on the East Coast, like one of my favorite things to do was like drive around back roads and explore them. And I'd honestly never really done much of that here. And there are tons of really nice back roads in this county. Well, let's be clear about this. Sam would go and get lost and then get stuck and in trouble <laughs> by doing this on a regular basis. And, and you know, damage to car and then costly repairs would ensue. Yes. Yes. Sam used to love doing that. And it's one thing where I haven't like encouraged him to go back to doing this because this was, it did turn in certain instances into a substantially costly endeavor and dangerous. Well, there is a difference. Like, I, I did not go on any, like, muddy dirt roads in the middle of nowhere. I Everything I went on was paved. But it was nice, pretty back roads, like, through farmland or through, like, you know, the rolling hills that aren't quite mountains but are heading in that direction. And, you know, twisty, turny roads going around the hills. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun, scenic areas to, to, to look at in, in her district, which is, you know, and, 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 you know, so it, it was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed learning about this area and going to some of the, the parts of the county that I had not been to before. It's like the, the, the towns, eh, okay, there are towns, including some, you know, nice, interesting, like small towns. But for the most part, it's the, it's the rural areas and the back roads and all that kind of stuff that I had tons of fun in. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, she, she did lots of work. I'm very, very proud of her. She got a lot, you know, she got a lot of support. There were a lot of people out there that were enthusiastic about her. And, you know, it, it's not enough to win, but, you know, 40%, you know, you talked about the number of voters. Uh, she's, you know, she got like 16,000 votes and they're not done counting yet. You know, um, now her opponent got 25,000. So, oops, you know, but, you know, th those number. are the dynamics we talked about. But I, I, like I said, I'm incredibly proud of her. Uh, 
in you know just the growth i've you know she, she you know she's comfortable doing public speaking now five years ago she was not right you know she's got all of these networks and all of these people that she talks to on a regular basis she knows like all the local politicians you know she's she's got the direct text numbers of you know congress people and people in state government and all this kind of stuff and uh, can get a hold of them when she needs them for help on one thing or another. And it just generally has been, you know, involved in trying to solve problems around the county. And even when it's not her herself in an elected office, connect, helping connect the right people. Like there's a problem and somebody comes to her with the problem and you're like, you know, I know who can help you with that. Let me get you in touch with so-and-so and that kind of stuff. So good stuff. Very proud of her. Um, and, uh, you know, it would have been nice if she'd won, but you know, she didn't, but she gave it her all and we'll see what happens next. And that's all I got on that. Oh, well. And what, it, how, how did you, it, your uh, pretty, son went, pretty, pretty went much, and just told much. her, yeah. wah, wah, wah. That's what, <laughs> what's a we did. Fair. Very encouraging indeed. Very, 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 you know, very, very classy. That's a beautiful touch. Not like, oh, Bobby, you lost. Oh, I love you. Don't, no, don't, no, don't. No. Let's not do any of that. Ah, my turn. Um, my turn. Well, um, let's see. What do I got? I, uh... You got a new job. I've been working a lot. That's, that's what I got. I, uh, what have I been doing? I mean, I uh, I started the new job, and so I've been pretty busy the last couple of weeks with the new job. So the week before, I was kind of like very, uh, very tired uh, from it. But it's good, you know. Um, I I mean, the one thing uh, that uh, I guess uh, that I I've liked the most. There's been a lot of like training, and I've been reading up on a lot of. Uh, different things and different technologies and different things that I just hadn't known about. And so I like that. I, I definitely like that aspect of it. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I knew about some of this stuff more at a higher level, but I'm getting more into woods and some details and some stuff in, in terms of like uh, just some of the cloud offerings and how, how they're being sold uh, individually. Um, so, no, so that's been, that's been good. Um, now, did, did you ever mention who you're working for now? On the show, I don't know if you want to or not, but did you? I don't. Uh, well, no. I, I'll say it flat out. I work for Oracle. Okay, the software company, Mister. You know. Uh, okay. Run by our 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 dear leader Larry Ellison, who who who, uh, you know. Well, look, he's living in Hawaii. He basically decided when the pandemic hit, um, Larry Ellison bought an island in Hawaii. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but he basically, he bought Lanai. Okay. Which yeah. is not a small island, mind you. It's quite big. Um, it, and I had visited there. Uh, they had a couple of uh, Four Seasons re resorts there. Uh, and, and my brother and I stayed there uh, a long time ago. Uh, gorgeous. Fantastic. We had a great time. Now, the island it has very little population. Okay? So... Whoever buy, bought, buys it, you don't really get the whole thing. You basically wound up owning like 96% of the uh, of the land. Then there is a small town there that is, you know, whatever the municipality. Most of it, it used to be a big pineapple plantation, the island. It was a massive pineapple okay. plantation. 
But for some reason, I don't know, they moved up that 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 off to somewhere else. And so most of the land is pretty, uh, you know, is just empty, uh, unused land. And so it's a gorgeous island to visit, and it's very, you know, very isolated in that way. So you get that that level of relaxation, and there's a couple of hotels. And so, look, he bought it, and uh, he refurbished the hotels and invested a ton of money into them. And so um, the when we stayed at the hotel, uh, the room rate was something around 400-some-odd dollars a night. And it included breakfast on the deal that we got. Right now, my brother and I were looking at it uh, to see, uh, you know, to go back. A room right now, the cheapest one, is $2,000 a night. Okay? Uh, it, it's just crazy. Uh, and by the way, I, I will say that uh, right now, hotel room rates across the board anywhere are... Prices are double, triple, whatever the hell we used to pay. It's just crazy. Um, for the most part, you've got a combination of a, a lot of people going out on vacation travel that basically there was just a lot of pent-up demand. Uh, on the other hand, you've still got staffing shortages at hotels. Uh, and so so you see that. And so, yeah, so uh, if I want to go to my boss's island, it's... Uh, a little bit expensive. I'm hoping that uh, the baby, you know, uh, I I didn't see where I think we have a we, we do have a. I know I, I've talked to people. There is a sales contest, and there is like a, a trip. I know it used to be in Hawaii. I'm I'm assuming that he switched it over to his own hotel since he bought it, right? I mean, he wouldn't be paying another hotel for a trip. I would assume. So I uh, so I don't know. I I would like to to win the sales trip. It would be nice to get a free trip to Hawaii. I mean, I want to go to back to Hawaii. I mean, especially for free. Okay. So, you know, uh, the other day he was giving us a webinar and he was like, uh, giving it from Hawaii. It's kind of funny. It's good, though. But, but you know, well, one thing I will say about Larry Ellison is that uh, he's not Steve Jobs when he speaks. Okay. I'm not going to say that. But he is very articulate and very knowledgeable in what he's talking about. There's a lot of tech executives that are always watching. It's like just painful to watch these people talk about anything. And, uh, you know, Larry will go. And, and Larry was a good friend with Steve Jobs for a long time. And he was one of the last people that saw him, you know, when he was dying because he they used to be friends. He used to visit him all the time. And, um, you know, he, he's good at giving a, you know. It's not just talking about it. Just like Steve Jobs would prep for a demo and do stuff and whatever in order to show everybody, he does the same. And and I I'm, I I think I heard that he picked it up from from you know look that, that it was important like Steve to be able to give the right demo and to to show the applications how they work himself and he will do it himself. You know he's almost eighty years old at this point, the guy, so he's not young. So it's pretty cool to to you know to see the guy that involved in the technology. You usually see most of these most of these executives that I've worked with in my life. They 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 couldn't do that at all. I mean they, they I mean you could pay them, but you you could offer them a million dollars there to do your demo, and they couldn't do a damn thing. And so that it, it's pretty cool to see that. And uh, you know I'm happy uh, at my new job. So so there you go. I'm I'm very very I'm definitely very happy to have a a new job a delight and and like we're we're what i'm doing and where i'm working so there we go can't beat that but but to be clear 
I, I, and I guess this is normal for a new job, but like you've been like swamped the first few weeks, right? Because like you're, it's a fire hose of new information and all that. Oh my god! Listen, the amount of like training that I got is just crazy. I mean, I, I I'm 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 gonna be doing training for I don't know how freaking long with all this stuff. And the other thing now, is that I'm in a sales sales job. Let me ask Wait, let me ask this question on the train. Yeah. What is the balance between real training of like information you have to do, know to do your job versus like the bullshit training like on security practices and how not to take a bribe and all this kind of stuff? Well, the first week, l- listen, I will say the, fir- the first week was basically all the compliance training. Right. I basically spent most of the first week doing compliance training. Now, just just to be clear, it's not that I think those things are unimportant. Like, obviously, you should know not to harass people, not to. I think it's a little bit repetitive. Listen, it's it's a little bit repetitive. It's if you've been in some other places, but some places don't do it as often as others. I will say that. Look, nobody really enjoys going through compliance training, but I will say, <laughs> I will say that there were a few things that were presented in this one. That, you know what, presented a couple of scenarios that I actually, um, especially they added a whole bunch of, like, how to deal with, like, uh, situations where, talk about sexual harassment, other stuff or whatever. But they also had a whole bunch of scenarios with, like, how to properly deal with situations with transgender employees and what the right expectation. I had not seen any training on that before, and that was, like, pretty Mm. interesting because it actually, you know what, I answered a couple of the things wrong. Right. And it's not because I want to be it's like it's like what what you know people see as what the right approach is. And so that was that was pretty refreshing. I got to admit that I that I uh, uh that was like something that was uh uh that I was like, "Oh, look, I I I really learned something from this, you know. Um, you know, on the anti-corruption stuff. I mean, I've seen it so many times before and I've I've dealt with this kind of stuff before that I'm like, yeah, I you know, I know what it constitutes a bribe. I know that it doesn't matter if it's correct in the country. I've seen that training so many times before. I've got it like down to memory. Okay? But, you know, look, for compliance reasons, it, it's it's compliance training. You have to do it. It has to be done here once a year. So, you right. know, you got it, it it has to be done. Um, you know, we deal with a lot of governments and other you know, other things. And it's very important that, that everybody is trained on that. And look, I, I mean, I've had people, friend, I mean, I've had people that I know directly that have been entangled in this, even though it's been drilled in their damn head and still, you know, have been caught doing this shit. So, you know, it's, it, it's gotta be done. You know, there's some shit that you have to do. It's like, Look, who the hell like like I got my colonoscopy done in August. Who the hell likes doing a goddamn <laughs> Who likes doing a colonoscopy? Raise your hand if you're volunteering anybody volunteer for a colonoscopy. But you have to do it. Same thing with this training. You know, it's got to be done. It is what it Yeah. Is. And like you said, I, I you learned a couple new things. And I did learn a couple of new things. I get frustrated by them because like you said, they're so they're repetitive and in many cases, not all of them, but in many cases, it's like what should be obvious common sense. Um, you know, and and it's just and I've been at, you know, 
I've been at my current company long enough that I've seen the same damn trainings over <laughs> and over and over again. And every few years they refresh them a little bit, but I'm like, yes, I know. I know. I've, I've seen this stupid cartoon before. Because, like, they do these little animated... Yes, I know, because they, they use the cartoons, right? The animated cartoon, yeah. They're either animated or videos yeah, yeah. with actors yeah. playing out scenarios yes, yes, or yes. whatever. And it's like, oh, oh and, and yeah. And, and it ends up being like, you know, hey, don't harass your coworkers. Be nice to them. Right! Yeah. Thanks. I would never have thought of that. But, you know, at the same time, I realize that there are real problems with this stuff where people are harassing each other. People are taking bribes. People are left and right violating security concerns, et cetera, et cetera. And so you have to be on the record telling these people not to do that shit, <laughs> you know? Look, I, let me let me look. I will say one thing, uh, especially on what is acceptable behavior. Uh, I think uh, between men and women at the office, uh, right? Look, it's also I, I think that the what I see that people uh, do now versus twenty years ago is significantly different. Right. I think right. that. Uh, when I joined the office, a lot of people got that training and a lot of people would go like, yeah, 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 ha, ha, ha. I can't tell that sexist. I can't tell that sexist or whatever, but they, they would do it. Ah, oh, you see, you know, whatever. I don't think people, you know, you've gone through this training over and over and over. And I think that a lot of that behavior is has been significantly reduced. And right. I think people are just so much more aware that it's just not acceptable. Uh, at the office. I'm not saying it, it's not that it doesn't happen, but I do think that there is a much uh, bigger conscience drilled into people about that kind of behavior and how it's not. I would agree with that. I good. would agree with um, that. And I mean, I, I remember it. I mean, fuck. I mean, I remember it from 20 years ago, the kind of behavior that I saw that would that would happen regularly and the behavior that I that I've seen, you know. That is carry now, and I will say that me as like whenever I've been in a leadership position, the kind of behavior that I know is not acceptable to what I accept, and I and I know that I like right now as a leader, I definitely did not tolerate certain things that I know leaders twenty years ago would, and so you know, right, okay, and and sorry, and sorry, I I I derailed you. By asking about sort of the compliance training, which I called bullshit training at first, versus other actually like directly job related training, you had a bunch of others to do. Yeah, the the other part. No, I started I, and and then I started on a whole bunch of the training specifically on the product offering. So I've got like you know a whole bunch of uh, more specifically to dive into. Like you know we do all these different services, you know, related to you know maintaining. Uh, software applications, managing cloud services, and all security and other stuff and whatever, and just really understanding how it is that you know you you do it, how you price it, how you you know uh, you know all those things, and so yeah, it's 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 a, it's a lot. It's it's definitely a lot. Um, you know, I think today finally. I was doing my first deals where I was trying to put together some, I started reaching out to some, I started reaching out to the first customers really yesterday. Okay. 
I have a whole list of people, customers that I have to attend to. And there's all, there's like a very long list of things that need to be, to be done. So I started reaching out to customers like the last couple of days and I had some people helping me out saying, Hey, no, there's a new person here is going to, you know, take care of you. And I'm taking care of for the most part, very large customers and whatever that buy Oracle stuff. So, you know, and it's like, you know, I, I, I like doing this. So it's, it's good. It's, uh, it's, and, it, and, it, and thankfully it's, that uh, is important. you know, that is important. Oracle pays well, thank God, you know, so. But I can say that is important. I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, you cannot discount that, that you want to be able to do your job, do something you enjoy, get paid well for doing it. I mean, you know, yes, that's definitely, you know, thankfully that, uh, but I was able to, to, uh, and I, and you know, here's the other funny thing. I, I, and so many people that were ex colleagues of mine from HP that came over here that I've already, you know, one person was like, I, I, I came into the company. I hadn't talked to them in years. Mm-hmm. Ivan, is that you? It's just on, on Slack. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you're an Oracle? Yes. I saw your LinkedIn. Oh my God. Hey, how you doing? Oh, great. Hey, anything you need, let me know. Nice. So it was like that. It happened already with a couple of people. Um, you know, just because I've been around the industry or whatever, and a lot of people, XHP employees are actually here at Oracle, that's already happened with a couple of people. So, <laughs> so that's actually refreshing, you know, they were like, you know, so that's good. So, yeah. Very good. Okay. And with that, uh, let's take a break and we will come back. Let's do pandemic first, and then we will end up with... Uh, you know, politics and infrastructure and everything else like that. Uh, while we were doing this first segment, the infrastructure bill passed. It passed. It's passed. It's on the way to the president's desk now. Um, but And there are implications of that. There's the whole Virginia stuff. But just to, you know, give it a few more minutes for sort of reactions to come in and stuff like that, uh, we'll, we'll do uh, pandemic first. So we will be back right after this. No, no, it's not the beginning of the show again. We're just taking a little time to credit the artist responsible for the music we use at the beginning and end of the show. What you are listening to right now is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. The music we close our show with is Celestial Soda Pop. Both of these songs are from Deep Breakfast. Now Platinum, Deep Breakfast was the first independently released album ever to be certified gold by the RIAA. Ray Lynch's other albums are The Sky of Mind. No Blue Thing Nothing Above My Shoulders But The Evening best of Ray Lynch. 
You can check out Ray Lynch or buy his music at raylynch.com, iTunes, Amazon, or anywhere you usually find music. Okay, it is time for pandemic stuff. Pandemic. So the first thing I wanted to say, and I I have tweeted. Pandemonium. Yes, pandemonium. Uh, Panda bears. Yes. Every panda you might like. Um, Anyway. Every panda you might like. Okay. Let's not get carried away. That might be carried away. Uh, no. Whatever. You, yeah, are no. you telling me I can't have a panda? No, you're not going to get a panda. No, no. You're not getting any more animals. Enough animals in that house already. <laughs> I th- I think a panda would be a good addition to the family. He probably would eat the dogs. No, they're vegetarians. They, the pandas are vegetarians? They only eat bamboo. Unbelievable. What the hell? We, we'd have to keep a good supply of bamboo. They eat a lot of that stuff, though. <laughs> Hopefully none of your furniture is made out of bamboo. <laughs> anyway, uh, I just want to start it. As usual, I start with trends. Uh, this time I have one thing to say and one thing only, which is this last week, a few days ago, uh, for the very first time in the entire history of this pandemic, the seven-day average of worldwide deaths is better now than it was 52 weeks earlier. So, you know, if if you compare this time of year, 2021, to this time of year, 2020, we are better now than we were a year ago. And this is the first time that has happened on a worldwide basis, Uh, which I I think that's an important milestone. I've actually been surprised that I haven't seen anybody else pointing that out. Um, But to me, that that's an important step forward. Now, does that mean everything is over and we don't have to worry about COVID anymore? No, no, we're not quite there yet. Um, But I think it still is an important milestone. And that that's the main trend that I would point out on a worldwide basis. Um, If you look beyond that, um, we are actually, it's been, it, 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 it popped up for a minute, but then is back down again. So we've sort of been flat for the last few weeks. Uh, if you look regionally, uh, cases are dramatically increasing in Europe right now. Europe is sort of the current worldwide hotspot in terms of cases. Uh, you know, deaths have not really been following so much yet. Um, and hopefully they won't because of the high you know, vaccination rates comparatively. I mean, yeah, we talked a couple of weeks ago how you really at this point want to be at like 90% or whatever. And even the best places in the world, like Portugal are only in the low eighties. Um, right. But, uh, uh, but yeah, well, but until kids also get vaccinated, yeah, which, yeah. you know, um, it's very difficult to get those numbers up and at least, well, starting, you know, already, uh, kids can start getting vaccinated. Yeah, and so... At least to age five. So anyway, we'll see, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another bump over the winter, but hopefully it's nowhere near like last year's bump over the winter, right? You know, it'll be... Well, much- people getting boosters and kids getting vaccinated, hopefully, you know, it will be better. Yes. Yeah. So you mentioned the vaccine for kids, uh, so... Uh, that let's talk about that next. Uh, the CDC approved the vaccine. Well, FDA, or not FDA, uh, 
FDA? FDA. And it was FDA. FDA, FDA then FDA. CDC, they all went through their normal processes, uh, and they approved uh, the vaccine for kids 5 through 11. Uh, it'll be a little while longer before kids under 5, uh, but 5 through 11 is a significant new chunk of kids. And uh, already this week, uh, you know, people are taking appointments and kids are starting to get them. Um, you know, ha- ha- have you uh, scheduled your son? Uh, no, I, I I had tried to schedule uh, at our pediatrician to see if he would have the vaccines, and he said that he didn't have a supply coming in, and that uh, that we would uh, you know that he would notify us when when he did. Um, so I I tried to see. I got my vaccinations done at Walgreens. I tried to check to see if they had uh if they if they did and uh what I got or some response is that on November 6th which is uh you know at uh what what well, to, yeah, it's tomorrow, uh, to, as of the day that we're recording it, like very soon, Saturday, November 6th, that they, they were going to put some information up on their portal uh, to that would show which locations would have the child vaccine for you to be able to sign up for appointments. So at this point, I had not been able to um, to get them signed up for one yet, but I'm, I'm hoping to try to get them one next week. It's my goal. Like right now, somewhere. Yeah, I mean, uh, our school board actually sent an announcement that they were going to set up certain vaccination sites for kids mm. as well uh, at four different locations, but none of them looked convenient uh, to to me at this point. So I was trying to see if I could get little greens like by my house or something like that, or a doctor before I tried to do that. So, so that's where that's where I am with that right now. Yeah, I mean, they're very, you know, it, it, obviously it's still hard to get the appointments, but they're ramping up very quickly uh, in terms of availability for kids. And the reason that it's separate is because it is a lower dose. Uh, so it's not just you're getting the adult vaccine. Right. They, they adjusted the dosage for kids, et cetera. Um, and uh, yeah, so and we have the sort of same dynamic, I think, that we're going to have um, a rush of sort of the people who are eager to get vaccines as soon as possible for both themselves and their kids um, are going to run out and get their kids vaccinated as soon as they can manage it. Um, and then you're going to hit that same wall we're hitting everywhere else with like, you know, the adults who don't want the vaccine are not about to get it for their kids either. Um, there's another mm-hmm. there's another class of people who I've seen interviews on who are like, yeah, I'm vaccinated myself, but I'm, you know, I'm, I want more information before I'm ready to give it to my kids and blah, blah, blah. And they're worried about, you know, because kids are at lower risk anyway, is the, is the balance between the risks of the vaccine and the risks of the disease of the disease different for kids. And all I can say to that is that's exactly what FDA and CDC have spent the last few months trying to figure out. Um, and they recommend going forward with the kids and saying that the, 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 the risk versus benefit uh, is indeed tipped towards, yeah, get the vaccine for kids too. You know, um, now, uh, you know, I, I think we were talking a little bit about the older age range, teenagers, like UK went the other way on that decision and said, you know, even for teenagers, yeah, no, don't vaccinate them right now, you know, unless the, unless they're in a high risk group. Um, but they're like, 
in the clear minority, like worldwide, you know, everybody's been going the Look, other way. that whole thing to me is stupid. Because if there is one thing that me having taken care of children for 20 years, or I have my sister's kids stay over with me many times um, when they were little and they were going to school, is that fucking kids at school, all they are are like, are, are like disease magnets yes. that they just bring it home and make you sick. <laughs> and that is my whole damn point about getting the damn kids vaccinated is to reduce the likelihood of spreading. Oh, okay, great. So the kid might not get sick, but you know what? He can get everybody else sick just, you know, by getting infected. And so, damn it, you know, if you don't want to get grandma and grandpa fucking sick, well, then you need to get the damn kid vaccinated. Because even if he's going to be okay, maybe the people he comes into contact are not going to be okay. Yeah. Now, if you don't give a shit about the rest of people who you hang out with, well, then you know what? Why don't you just take out a gun and just fucking shoot them anyway? Because apparently you don't give a fuck about anybody. Anyway, vaccine for kids 5 through 11. Um... And then uh, let's see what what else we got going on. Uh, we've got um, uh, new pills. Like there was that one that we. There's another new pill. Like there was the one that had uh, some yes. studies saying it was highly effective. They said it, it was a fifty yes. percent re- reduction in hospitalizations and deaths uh, if you took this pill early on, soon after infection. There's a new one. I, f- I forget who did the first one. Do you remember the new one is from Pfizer? The new one that was announced this week. Yeah, I don't remember. There was another one. It's going through trials. It's going through the process. They're remember. looking for emergency use. But this week there was another pill. Uh, that uh, you know, Pfizer says is ready. I think it was a Merck. There was a no. There was a Merck one, and there was a Pfizer. Yeah, yeah. It was Merck. Merck was the first one. So the first one was Merck, and it w- had like a fifty percent drop uh, in hospitalizations and deaths if this was administered soon after infection. The new one from Pfizer is like an 85, 90% drop in hospitalizations and deaths if taken soon after that's infection. pretty damn good, man. I'll tell you what, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah. I mean, you know, and this is the kind of thing, and it's it's still going through the process. It's going to be a little while until, like, they're actually giving these out to, to patients regularly. Um, but in both of these cases, especially this new Pfizer one, I mean, a 90% reduction, that's massive, right? I mean, yeah. this basically says, you know, Okay, you 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 dumbass, unvaccinated people. If you catch it, we can probably still save your ass. <laughs> you know, right? You know, I mean, and assign you know, add to that. I mean, like you know, e- even at the worst, you know, the 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 deaths rates weren't like it wasn't like ninety nine percent. You catch this, you die. Right? Much the reverse. It was more like one or two percent. Um, although it got worse the older you were, but. With this kind of thing, you're lowering that even further. You get actual effective treatments that work. Um, it's basically the same kind of thing as the monoclonal antibi- the monoclonal antibodies, but in pill form. This much easier, much more easily available. Once once it becomes mass produced, uh, y- you can get it out to people a lot easier. They don't you know they don't have to go in somewhere and get an infusion and all this kind of stuff. Um, so major advances and, you know, between between the increasing vaccination rates, even though we sort of hit that wall, now we got more kids and we got blah, blah, blah. Vaccinations are still, you know, it's still going up. 
And, uh, you know, between that and more and more effective treatments, you know, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, like I said, better than last year for the first time ever, plus more vaccinations, plus more treatments, you know, it it may have taken a lot longer than anybody wanted, but you can see the end. Kind of. Sort yes. of. You know. I know. Um, and, you know, we're still going to have issues for a long time because, you know, it, it, it's one thing. There's still lots of parts of the world where vaccination is still very low that we have to work on. Uh, any of these treatments, they have to be mass produced and get, get gotten out to everywhere that needs them. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe some of the folks, uh, who are reluctant to vac for vaccines, reluctant to wear masks, reluctant to social distance, maybe they'll be willing to take a pill when they get sick. Maybe. You know, oh, and, and, and a pill that's actually shown to be effective for this stuff rather than something that is questionable at best. Like, they're, they're apparently very various, various questionable things, but... No, these guys apparently will be willing to sniff glue and take, you know, you know, what the hell, like, horse paste or whatever the hell, you know, they take instead of taking an actual fucking pill that was manufactured at a FDA-approved facility. I mean, why the hell? Why, why you know, or you could do, like, what the hell, fucking quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, oh, yeah, yeah. in the news today, because he yeah, lied talk, about talk his about vaccination status. And he is a guy... Well, the one thing is that he completely lied up. Look, he was asked point blank in August whether he was vaccinated. And he said, yeah, I've been immunized, is what he said. Notably a different word. Right. Um, And then he went on to talk about how it's a specific choice for people, whatever, and he respects it, blah, 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 blah. Well, he came down with COVID this week, and then it came down that he was he, he had never been vaccinated. The one thing is that the NFL had very different protocols for people who were vaccinated. He had t- he had taken some sort of woo woo nonsense treatment thing. Yeah, and then he tried to go to the NFL at some point, and he said that he brought five hundred pages of like some information or whatever, whatnot, uh, or something, and that basically they just laughed in his face. And, uh, you know, I'm just, my whole thing about it is that today somebody said that he got on an interview today and that basically uh, if you're trying to hit the buzzword bingo on white angst today, he basically hit every word in like two minutes. Woke. uh, cancel culture. I mean, every single one of those freaking things. And, you know, I, we were just like, at some point, somebody was asking, is he just trying to troll us? <laughs> I mean, does he get uh, up there? I mean, he just fucking said, I mean, we've heard this guy talk many times before. He had never spoken like this, ever. And all of a sudden, he just hit every buzzword bingo i mean he just won i mean he could have filled up two cards today is what he said it's crazy um and this is a guy who's like possibly potentially one of the replacements for alex trebek as host of jeopardy mm. 
Yeah, he was one of the ones who did one of the rotating hosts they evaluated. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He was one of the rotating hosts as well. Um I, you know, the the thing that uh I, I was I was trying to think about this and I'm like, look, you want to tell me that you know, even with all the information, you just don't feel comfortable. You don't want to get vaccinated. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I can understand that. But when you start throwing so much uh, white angst bullshit out there, okay? All right. Of the oppressed white man, which I heard some other guy today that I was talking on the phone say, um, they were complaining about, well, our CEO said that by 2030, he wants to make sure that, uh, uh, you know, half the positions in our board and executives are filled by females. And so I don't know what the fuck kind of, I'll never get promoted in a company like this. And I'm just like, you fucking kidding me? And it's the same shit. It's the same entitlement. You know, these people are showing with the fucking vaccine. Some people are. Um, I, I, I don't know. You've got this entire combination of like conspiracy theorists, white, uh, white angry people, uh, you know, and just entitled people. It's just with this whole damn vaccine thing where, uh, you know, what I was saying, my argument before was to, to certain people, there's somebody that my wife, uh, works with that I, I said that, uh, that, that said that she's not getting the vaccine and she said something about, she used some of the usual buzzwords or whatever. And I said, let me tell you something. Do you, did she ever say any of that bullshit when she went to high school and they made her produce vaccination evidence? Or when she went to college and she produced had to produce evidence of vaccines and wouldn't get let into school? No. And now all of a sudden, now that it's been politicized, now she's using that word, those words, because they've been fed into her mouth by all these fucking people that have politicized vaccination now. It's been something that's been going on for 20, 30 years. I keep seeing this meme going on, going around, uh, of that basically just shows the vaccination schedule for kids from zero to seven years old, you know, and yeah. with a caption that right. basically says, you know, did you object to any of these before you turned before you started right. being a whining little baby about this shit? You know, <laughs> because there's like dozens yes. of them, right? I mean, I mean, it, it's, it's like seven or eight different vaccines, and each one of which has two or three shots over the course of several years. And it's, you know, it, it's like yeah, there are tons of these that are on the standard vaccination schedule for American kids, and most of them are required by public schools if you're going to attend. Right. And now, even though every damn one of these states, then you get like 15, 15 states trying to sue the federal government for mandating vaccines when these fuckers are vac mandating all these fucking vaccines. I've taken my, my school to stuff fucking dumbass governor that I got who's like, you know, objecting to it when I, you know what? So now is he not going to require any vaccines at school? Period. I mean, should we reopen the child cemeteries? Because I'm serious. You know, you go back 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. You know, we had child cemeteries. Right. Because there's so many small kids that died from all these preventable diseases. That's just a fucking reality. You know, in my 
my my grandfather's crypt when we went to bury my grandmother. I didn't realize that we should buried a kid that was one year old. This is shit that this just doesn't happen now, and it's because of these fucking vaccines and these fucking idiots want to march back all the progress that we've done in I don't know how fucking long on right. everything. So back 50 years. Speaking of vaccinations and stuff, uh, one last topic before we move on to politics. Uh, Not that some of this isn't political at this point. It's all political. It's all political. Like the next thing I'm bringing up is the OSHA vaccine mandate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which, you know, Biden announced that this was going to be happening. It seems like forever ago, but apparently they actually came out with the regulation this week. Uh, It won't actually take effect until January. Uh, but this is the mandate for my company already required me to provide proof of my vaccination because of the mandates. So. Well, and lot, lots of companies have done this already. Some of them did it before there was even a, man, a, a federal mandate announced from OSHA. Others are saying there, there's going to be a mandate. So we're going to jump ahead of that curve. It will be officially required in January for all companies over a hundred people. Um, the, as, as written, the, it, it, it does not include an exception for people who've had COVID and recovered. Um, There are, it does, however, allow for a testing exemption. It basically says, you know, if you really don't want to be vaccinated, you can do the, I'm going to get tested like every week thing. Uh, It allows you to take that tact instead. But if a company allows that testing every week thing, there's all sorts of documentation requirements that go along with it. Um, And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, what do you think? A hundred people, um, you know, sure, there are a bunch of companies under a hundred people, but covering every company that has more than a hundred people, and by the way, it's not a hundred at a location, it's a hundred total for the company. Total employees. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of people covered here. Listen, I think that's going to boost fast vaccination for sure, by quite a lot. So, Because as we've seen over and over and over again, every time these mandates have been applied there's all kinds of all these people say oh my god i will never whatever there is a number of people that refuse it but it's quite small yeah it's quite small like uh uh, you know there have been story after story of like you know police departments or other places where they're like there are going to be so many people that are out of work because of this that you know public safety will be impacted what about there'll be tens of thousands of blah 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 blah, and the numbers have been like in the single digits you know exactly i mean not sometimes actual single digits but definitely small percentages like in the airlines have done this uh public safety departments all over the country have done it um you know, school systems have done it. And every single time there's this noise about how many people uh, will end up fired and how they're going to be in trouble because of so many missing people. And ev- over and over and over again, the number of people who actually end up not getting that vaccine ends up being tiny. Now, I have heard some talk about, you know, w- you know, Way back at the beginning, we talked about how we have these stupid little vaccine cards that are easily forgeable. How many people are lying? Oh, God. There has to be a lot of people. I mean, seeing what the hell I just saw with 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 this guy. But I had to produce a copy of my vaccine card, so. Yeah, but like, but you can print one out online and fill it in yourself, right? I guess you can. I, I mean, I guess you can. 
I just wonder, you know, in my experience, I mean, it's usually always a tiny, you know, for these kinds of things, usually a very small number of people that will go through the forging. Yeah. Route. I, I mean, there'll always be some. Well, there we do. There'll always be somebody, but, you know, there's always somebody, even if you, even if we made it ultra secure or whatever, whatnot, there would be people to figure out a way to forge one anyway. Now, I, I was a little bit like dismayed that the, this wasn't taking effect until January, but I guess there's probably like requirements on how fast a new rule can go into effect in order to give the companies time to adapt and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, January is not that far away, actually. It's like, what, 60 days from now? Yeah. Um, yeah, basically. You know, so you know, w- would I rather that these things were instant and in place today? Sure. Um, but I understand why they probably couldn't do that. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. But I I think it's, you know, and of course there are lawsuits as well. Like there are already people suing and saying that they, this is an overstep of federal power, et cetera, et cetera. And those will go up and down the courts so far vaccine mandates and coronavirus restrictions have generally survived very well in the courts, including when they go all the way up to the Supreme court. Yep, that's what I've seen. There have been a couple of exceptions here and there, but for the most part, I mean, this is, you know, the right of the federal government to intervene for public health reasons uh, has been established for more than 100 years. And there are uh, a lot of cases from the, 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 the flu in the early 20th century around this, uh, but there have been others as well. Um and for the most part, it doesn't look like the court has been very interested in overturning any of that. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't think it's happening. By the way, another uh, tidbit that I just found uh, about the pandemic. Uh, there, there was a massive drop in the stock of Peloton. Okay, <laughs> right. because, yep. uh, well, because apparently, you know, it's just people of, you know, just uh, the, 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 they, they slashed their outlook. uh uh, you know, by about twenty five percent, because just not as many people are are you know wanting to work out at home like right now, and so uh, but here's the you know so that's the thing, but but here's the interesting tidbit that they showed here. Um, it's about how many people are working from home, okay, mm. like right now, and according to data they're measuring. And let me just quote this from the Washington Post. Uh, there's an art. It, the article is Peloton feels the burn as America heads back to the gym. Okay, but but you know this was a significant tidbit for a variety of reasons. Fewer people are working from home. Just 11.6 percent of workers older than 16 were teleworking as of October, according to U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. That's the lowest portion at any time during the pandemic, and a far cry from the summer of 2020 when roughly a third of employee employed adults teleworked. And, and this actually, I I. I, I retweeted something about this as well. Like you said, it was roughly a third. I I heard like 35% or so, which is roughly a third. Um, But, you know, for those of us who have been working from home this whole damn time, you know, it's very easy to get into a mindset of like, yeah, that's normal. That's what everybody's doing. No. Right. No, at its maximum, it was 35% of American workers. Look, I, I got to tell you, I mean, the other day, when the hell was it that I had to drive into the city or whatever, whatnot for something? And I was like, holy shit, look at all this traffic. 
right? <laughs> Obviously, it's all these people heading to work. And I'm like, well, I haven't done that in such a long fucking time. And I'm just like, you know, it's not just recent. I mean, talking, you know, I don't know, many, many years, you know, way before the pandemic. And I was like, holy shit, look at all these people that have to drive to fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, damn. And, and the, look, this is a recognition of the fact that, you know, there are, and I mean, we have talked about this on the show, but it's still striking, like, it's this bubble we're in as sort of white-collar office workers, right? You know, people who are, like, doing service industry stuff, like nurses and doctors and uh, construction workers and restaurant folks and, uh, you know. So you so you can't build a building like teleworking. You, you, can't, you can't like you know, you know the, and, and like yeah. and this is most jobs. Yes, you know you can't fucking stock shelves by sitting at home. You can't like you know you, you can't do a lot of shit working from home. No, no, you you can't do a lot of stuff from home, and it, it, and honestly, even some office jobs, you know. We're never able to work from home, right? But, uh, right. you know, but certainly all of these, you know, yeah, manufacturing and, and there's none of this stuff, right? And, and uh, you know, that's still most people. So, like, you know, you and I are sitting here looking at the pandemic from a certain point of view of like, oh, yeah, you know, right. it, it, we got to work from home. It was no big deal. We continued at our job, essentially, just like we've always done it, except instead of right. some in-person. zero difference. Yeah, instead right. of some in-person right. meetings, you got some Zoom calls. Big freaking deal. But for lots of people, for most people. You know, it meant either not having their job for a while um, because things were shut down or continuing to go to your job and potentially every day worry about putting yourself at risk because of all the people you're interacting with. Right. Or, of course, in certain parts of the country, in certain parts of the country, just not giving a shit. Yeah, but. Right. uh, Anyway, uh, the. Only one more thing to mention on pandemic is that uh, I had mentioned uh, a while back that uh, um, my son Alex uh, had gotten we'd worked with the the school district to basically keep him until he was fully vaccinated um, as a a high risk because of asthma, autism, all that kind of stuff. But also, critically speaking, only a few weeks away from being eligible for the vaccine at the beginning of the school year. We would not have been able to do this if, you know, he'd been years away like your son was. Um, but we had arranged for him to stay home and, you know, the 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 school district, uh, you know, provided a tutor that he met with a couple times a week uh, at, a, at a, you know, outdoor seating at a Starbucks. Um, so we did that for a while. Um, but as of this week, he's back in actual school. Yes! <laughs> now, course, at last! he is pissed about this. He is not happy at all. Oh, poor thing. At, at, le- at least that, you know, he wants us to think he is. Like, I, I actually, like, he has not been resisting as much as I thought he would. Um, and I kind of think he also, like, he, he would, if, he would dispute this. But I, I think he recognizes that it's good at least in some ways um 
But yeah, no, he's back in person. The biggest change for us is, oh, yeah, I know I've talked about this on the show before. This year, his school starts at 8.15 in the fucking morning. Oh, God. Oh, that's fucking brutal. Well, I, my ours starts at eight, so I, I feel you. Yeah, I, I actually, I say eight fifteen. That's the late bell. He's supposed to really be there at eight ten. We've had one week of this. We have not been on time once. You know, we'll try again next week. Um, but you, but you know, oh, it's like, God. you know, I, I Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have not listen, I, I have not been late once. Okay. Not not once. But I will say that, man, it's painful. I mean, I just oh my god. I, I mean the, the way I'm working like my previous schedule, right, was basically I get up for my first meeting, which you know, several times a week is eight or eight thirty AM. But you know, that was I get up. I roll into the other room and I call like no, no prep, no anything. I I, 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 I don't, I gotta say that I, I try to avoid doing that. Look, I, I usually will get up. Yeah. And like, so we alternate like right now at home who takes them to school. Okay. Either I will do it. Wanda will do it. Um, you know, say it's a day that I, what I will do is like, say it's a day that I'm not driving him to school. That I, what, I, what I will do is like, I'll get his lunch ready and get him ready while Juana gets ready to go drive him. And so they leave here at about 7.40 in the morning. And I and I just grab and like, I'll, I'll make some, some coffee and I'll I'll grab some 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 toast or something to 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 munch on, and like lately I've been so damn lazy, okay? Because I did not used to do this, but I I don't know I've I've splurged on like I'll just bring it to bed. I don't even like forget about sitting at the table. Literally. I'll I'll bring my coffee. I'll bring my breakfast into bed. I'll turn on the TV and I'll just chill for a little bit and just watch some TV and just get my brain just to unspool a little bit first, okay? All right, let's see what's going on. Yeah, see, I, 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 I am not, I am not organized enough for any of that. Like before the school stuff, like, like I said, it was wake up minutes before the first meeting and just run into the other room, turn on the computer, get on the meeting, right? And, and, and that's no, 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 no. I can't, I can't, I can't do that. I can't, I can't. I can't. And, and so that's how I would operate. But now I can't because. Every day, regardless of when my first meeting is, I need to be starting to get him up around seven, you know, because it takes a while to get him up and get him ready and do whatever. And depending on whether or not I have an eight o'clock meeting or not, it'll be either me or my wife actually driving him to school. But that that seven to eight, like helping getting him ready, I am usually very involved in that process, so I have to get my own ass out of bed at 7 a.m., which is putting a real crimp in the style of usually going to bed between midnight and 1 a.m., you know? So, and for him, too, not just just me. Like, the whole family, our normal, like, wind-down, go-to-bed stuff was, like, midnight to 1 a.m. That just ain't gonna work <laughs> with getting up at seven in the fucking morning every day um so we're and, and you know you sort of naturally get tired earlier when you wake up earlier so yeah it's it, we're adapting 
So, so let me ask you a question. When, you are, when you're getting up at seven, are you having the same thing? Which is the thing I hate right now. It's just that it's gotten into the time of the year where I'm getting up and it's still dark out. Oh, absolutely. I hate that. Absolutely. Oh, fuck. I, God, man, I hate that with a vengeance. Oh, well, this, this coming week, it, it, this weekend we change the clocks. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. So, so we'll have to remember to rant about it next week. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yes. No, it is dark when I get up in the damn morning to get them ready. I hate. And I guess hate, the time hate, change will actually it? help with that a little bit. The fall. Yes, back it helps does. With that. But yeah, then it's dark in the afternoon. Like it's you know because here in here in Seattle, like during the winter, it it gets dark at like four o'clock or whatever. So by the time I'm done work, it's it's dark. Listen, I had to drop out of the my the what when I was in my second semester as a freshman at Carnegie Mellon, I had to drop out of calculus at my calc two because it was at eight eight thirty in the morning. And look, I it's the first time I really lived in a winter place, okay, in Pittsburgh, right? And it was dark in the morning when I was supposed to head out for school and cold. I basically just did not wake up for, <laughs> I missed class so much that I just had to go by the drop deadline. I just went like, look, I'm sorry. I got to drop out of this fucking class. I will never pass it. I, I missed a lot of 8 a.m. classes in college too, for the exact same reason. I just, I, but I missed so much of it. And it's a subject that I struggled with that I was just like, no, I have to take this again later. And I had to wind up like loading an extra extra class the next semester in order to, to make up for the fact that I... I, I, I w- because you mentioned this, I will have to mention my quantum physics story, and then we can move on and do politics. Uh, I had a quantum physics class that was, as you said, like 8 a.m. or something like that. Okay? Oh my god, those are fucking... What the hell, man? Who can learn at those hours? Nobody can learn at those hours. Yeah, I know it's it's nuts. Well, I guess some people like it, but I don't know. I I don't understand. Well, I was talking today to some psychopath tells me he wakes up at three in the morning to go exercise, and then starts like doing classes at four in the morning. I was like, told him that he was insane. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so th- this is a professor that he, he is an older professor. Um, had had a bit of an accent, but he'd been giving the same class from the same notes for like decades, right? So he actually like you know encouraged people at the beginning of the class, you know, look, you there's no secret here. I've done the same class for like 50 years. You could get the notes from anybody for previous years and use those. Um <laughs> I think he might have even given them out himself. I don't know. Um and, and, you know, and like the lectures were pretty much him reading from the notes. Okay. Um, so I got a copy of those notes and it was at eight in the morning and I missed that class so often. I basically. Did you pass? I, well, let me get to that. I basically only showed up for tests, you know? Oh. And at one point, like uh, I, I showed up at class one day and he was handing back a test or something. And, and, and he's like, he gets to mine. He's like, Mr. Minter, Mr. Minter, I haven't seen Mr. Minter in months. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I passed the damn class. Oh, there you go. Well, that's good. 
Yeah, but but yeah, he, he was like, I, and I, I I repeat that story as if I was there, but it seems like he would have said that if I wasn't there. So maybe one of my classmates told me that later, as opposed to me <laughs> being there when he said that. Um, but yeah, because uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our friend Chad, <laughs> who was also a physics major, I, ask. I believe he would have been the one to tell me because he sh- he actually showed up to the damn class, <laughs> and, and I would I would work with him on the homework and stuff. But like, and he and he's mad at me, of course. Like, you never show up to class. How are you passing? And not just that, you were getting a better grade than he was. I know he was very pissed. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, that's reality. You were getting a better class, great than him, and he was, like, positively furious about this. <laughs> anyway, yeah, mornings suck. Okay, with that, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, the Virginia and New Jersey elections, and we'll talk about infrastructure week. An infrastructure week that actually infrastructure happened. Whoa! Yeah, and, and and what's the future of Build Back Better and Reconciliation and all of that? Back after this. Okay, we are back. Um, let's let's start with the elections and work our way towards infrastructure. Um, okay, because obviously some people think that these are related and everything. Um, so basically, the bottom oh, line. Okay, with, uh, some yeah, people think they are related. Okay, can I just make yeah. this clear? And I will say it again. And I've already said it many times. None of this fucking bill bullshit, whatever, has anything to do with the stupid election results. Nothing. Not one mother fucking thing. They could have passed a bill that would put pay checks into people. $20,000, I think, a, a, you know, you could put $20,000 in each fucking taxpayer, and these fucking morons would, could still tell the difference. They probably think that Trump gave them the money. <laughs> okay, so... Let's get to some other things, and we'll we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. But the bottom line happened in both Virginia and New Jersey. The the Democrats did badly. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. In Virginia, the polls actually had shown the tightening of the race towards the end. Yes. Uh, in New Jersey, well, at the end, it actually showed. The, in the end, actually, I, I saw a number of polls that actually showed him. The, the polling averages actually showed Yunkin pulling ahead in the last few days. Uh, so the polls pretty yes. much nailed it in Virginia. In New Jersey, yeah. they were showing that 
the Democrats should walk away with it and not even be concerned. And it ended up being incredibly close in the end. The Democrat did pull it out, right. but it was a close race, not an easy race. So in both cases, if you compare to how Biden did in those states, you know, a year ago, um, the Democrats lost a lot of ground. Um, and so there's been a lot of sort of Democratic hand-wringing about what's going on, what's wrong, what did we do wrong, do we have to change stuff going forward, blah, 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 blah. Um, as you mentioned, one of the things people have been talking about, or as you refuted a second ago, one of the things people are talking about is it's all because the Democrats in Congress haven't been able to get it together and pass some legislation. Um, oh my God, fucking morons. Now, here, here's what I would say on that. Like, people have pointed out that there's a, there's a general issue with these election, these off-year election results correlating with presidential approval and there being, you know, we talked, I, I talked a little bit last week about Biden's approval rating going down, 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 down. Um, one of the factors in Biden's approval rating going down probably is the perception that they haven't been able to get any shit done in Congress, even though they did do the, the infra, not, not the infrastructure, the, uh, the COVID relief bill early on, but it's also, you know, Afghanistan, uh, perceptions on the economy, COVID is still around all of these other things that all sort of accumulate on top of each other in terms of Biden's approval rating and people generally being dissatisfied. But, also, if you look at this, and, and let me just knock out a couple of the factors so we can talk about all, all of them. One is Biden's approval rating, and does that affect things? Another is the congressional legislation, and the Democrats haven't done anything. The other is uh, all of the issues surrounding um, education and critical race theory and critical race theory and all that stuff that the Republicans made hay out of. Um, and then there's also just enthusiasm, uh, in terms of people get it, you know, Democrats turnout versus Republican turnout. All of these things have been mentioned as part of it. Um, and I, I, I have a thought, thoughts on a few of them, but aside from the legislative shit has nothing to do with it. Uh, and policy has nothing to do with it. What are your other thoughts on like why this collapse of the Democrats in these two elections? I, it's look, it's very simple. You've got on one hand, you've got a whole bunch of Democrats that have de-energized because they keep seeing like, oh well, uh, the the Democrats uh, haven't fixed climate change, and uh, you know uh, we we haven't like fixed universal uh, income, and you guys just basically didn't pass everything on our wish list. Um, and so you've got these people that are de-energized and are saying, you see, these centrist Democrats are fucking us over, and they're saying that uh, Manchin is the devil, and all, of, and all of this shit. So you've got that, you've got that dynamic. Then you've got the other people saying, it's the progressives screwing us over. And holding up for everything right. from getting done, holding up hostage for because they did because of everything. Yeah, so so you've got that dynamic, 
stat on enthusiasm. The, the, wait, the one stat on enthusiasm I wanted to point out, and these are approximate numbers. I don't have the exact ones in front of me, uh, but was of Trump voters, you know, y- you always get reduced turnout on these off-year elections, as Yvonne mentioned earlier in the show. But of Trump yeah. voters from 2020, about 85% of mm-hmm. them came through and voted for Yunkin. So, okay. but of Biden voters, only about 65% came through and voted for McAuliffe. Well, that, that, that gives you your margin right there. And, and that's, that's where you get to the, the democratic enthusiasm thing. But look, it, this goes back, but this goes, but this goes back to how are they getting their people enraged? It's this whole critical race theory Cancel culture, woke, the vaccine mandates, they're taking out freedom away, Bob. Oh, listen, I, 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 flat out, flat out, this whole damn thing is all about messaging. Well, right and, and let, let, let and me tell you one thing. messaging resonates, well, let me finish! Okay. How this messaging resonates with their constituencies, okay? Or the ones that they're trying to get. The Republicans have this message this, that is basic and simple, that is base, just predicated on enraging, aggrieved white people. Okay? Yeah. That is their simple messaging. The messaging on the Democratic side, the problem is, is that, like I said before, it's very difficult to get people, like, excited when you put, uh, you know, several billion dollars to get you know, led out of water systems across the country and to protect against climate change. You see, the problem is that people don't get excited or enraged about that shit, but it's shit that fixes stuff. But the problem is, how the hell do you message that to fucking people when all of a sudden what you get is, and I will say today that I will rip somebody who people don't think it's rippable. Greta Thornburg goes and finishes and says they had the climate, you know, uh, summit and they didn't fix the world. And she's saying it's a complete failure. And that kind of attitude, honestly, pisses people so off that it turns them away even from what the fuck are trying to accomplish. Well, on the messaging part, I think one, one way I've heard it summarized over and over and over again is... Republicans know how to appeal to emotion. Yeah. Whereas Democrats keep trying to appeal to the brain. Yes. And they keep trying to like talk about policy details or talk about yes. this thing or that yes. thing. Whereas the re- Republicans are just like, you know, here's what you what here's this thing that's going to make you mad, right? And here one example of that I want to give is on this critical race theory thing. One of the things that I've been so frustrated when I've been hearing it over and over and over again for the last couple of weeks is the Republicans are all talking about critical race theory in schools and all this kind of stuff. And the over and over, I've heard Democrats react to this thing with ha ha ha. They don't even know what critical race theory is. It's something that's taught in colleges. It's not taught in any elementary school anywhere. It's not taught in public schools. It's, it's relates, it's taught in law schools and it has nothing to do with this stuff. And whereas, okay, you may be technically right on that. But, but you're not winning that messaging. You're war. missing it doesn't really the point re- entirely. They have redefined that term. 
the Republicans have succeeded in making that term mean. And, and you know, the, the guy who like, uh, there's, there's some conservative think tank guy who explicitly stated this as a strategy like a year ago. But yep. they have redefined this term to mean any discussion of race that makes white people uncomfortable. Yep. That's it. Basically. And like, I yep. it doesn't matter what critical race theory actually meant in an academic setting. Like I said, the facts don't matter. And, and so every time that I see Democrats responding to this by making fun of like, oh, they don't even know what CRT is. It's not even taught in schools, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you are completely missing the point and you are completely losing the messaging because Frank, they do mean now we can argue about the, the merits of it. Right. But what they mean is if your kid in school is exposed to the idea that Yes, white people kept slaves in the Civil War, and this was bad and horrible, and there are lasting effects on black people to this day. And there's, you know, there are racism is actually a problem in American society today, and maybe we might want to talk about it or do something about it. That's what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, and, and so you need to meet head on what they're actually talking about, which is because, yes. Yes, th that actually is happening in schools. There, there is schools are trying to talk about diversity and how and the actual history of racism in the country and how it is a problem and how you do want to you, you do want to treat kids to recognize it as an at an early age and that it's bad and to try to do something else. And there's no question. Yes. In many parts of the country, schools are, in fact, doing that. In some parts of the country, they're not. But And so you have to engage with the fact that that's what they're talking about. And yes, the, and, the, and the, the main debate is they think that's bad. We think that's good. Right. You know, but it actually is a real thing. It's not something they're making up. Well, okay. Look, they are making up a significant portion of it. Well, yes, because they, 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 are, they because, are blowing it out of proportion. I mean, they I'm are sorry. exaggerating it. They yes, are saying because they're exaggerating, exaggerating how much of this content is like given to schools every day. Look, I'm sorry, but I've looked at what the hell the curriculums have. It's yes, they talk about it, but it's not like they're you know this isn't like Soviet indoctrination. No, this isn't fucking you know hell. I got more talk on fucking sexual harassment that damn training i was talking about earlier than what they get on this oh yeah school. yeah yeah no, they, they bring up okay they bring up i'm sorry it's ridiculously blown oh, yes. out of proportion I, and exaggerated you're you, you okay you're absolutely right on that they of course and this is part of the strategy they take a handful of examples where folks have overreached and done this in crazy ways. Right. And then try to present that as if that's the norm. Whereas what we're really talking about in most cases is simply actually trying to present accurate history. Talking about history. They're trying to talk about, oh, the Civil Rights Act and whatever and what the hell is it good. Talking about, you know, the end of slavery, that kind of shit. And for the most part, they're turning into that shit into like, oh my God, look, white people are evil. That's what they're saying. Well, and I mean, the perfect example of this is like, you know, the, in the Virginia race, they were talking about, you know, they had ads about this 
mother who was trying to get the tor- the Toni Morrison book out of the AP literature class, you know? And you're talking an advanced high school senior reading a Nobel Prize winning book um, that happens to deal with the horrors of slavery. And, you know, the mother was all upset that, you know, oh, my God, this talks about, like, you know, all this horrible, explicit stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah. Shit that happened. Exactly. It's called history. you know, because there's this there's this notion amongst this whole class of folks who their approach to problems like this is to pretend they don't exist. Listen, man, here here's the whole damn thing. It, 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 you want to talk about other stuff that's been weaponized. It's like this whole damn thing with like the statue removals and all this other stuff. It's this entire it's this entire thing where you know, you've got, sorry, but it's a massive group of white entitled people that basically don't want anything negative to be said about white people that they have done in the past. Because if you say that, then basically you're saying that white people are evil. Instead of like looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, you know what? Yep, this is the shit that happened and we need to do better, which that's the whole damn point of, of, of trying to do this education. But you know, now they want to just completely whitewash it like it doesn't exist. Like, I mean, the same as right. fucking like Holocaust deniers. Same fucking, same fucking shit. Same fucking shit. Fuck off. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, we've talked about this, but it's just an entirely different approach to like dealing with history or not dealing with it. Uh, you know, it, it and, and yeah, I think that right. it very much is, you know, and, you know, these are the same people talking about liberal snowflakes, but they they don't want their kids exposed to anything that might indicate yes. that the the sort of myth of, you know, American greatness, where all of the people involved in history were wonderful and amazing and America is the best thing out there, might be pierced in any slight way. Right. You know, is, oh, my God, horrible. Right. The same thing, like you said, in terms of. Just because you're pointing out something in history where people did something awful, you shouldn't take that as a indictment of yourself unless you're sympathetic with the people who are doing something awful in the first place. Ah, yes. Now you're getting to the, to, to the, to the nitty gritty of this. Look. I come from ancestors that came from Spain. And unfortunately, my ancestors slaughtered fucking, you know, natives in Puerto Rico. That's just a reality. They enslaved them until they died and worked them to death. I mean, we did that. But, you know, look, recognize that that's bad. I can't do anything about it. I mean, we fucking killed them. Mm-hmm. Nothing I can do about it to get them back. But I have to recognize that that kind of stuff is terrible. And that we should try to avoid repeating that shit. You know, of course, I'm a guy that loves to study history, to understand, you know, what things happen in order not to repeat them. But, you know, as I've gone through life, like in terms of like, just not even just, you know, outside, but corporate life and other things or whatever, I find that people really hate studying history. Mm. 
And they just want to believe what they want to believe. And they don't want to hear about the bad shit that happened before. And they don't want to learn about how to, do, you know, what was wrong before and not repeat the same fuck up again. Well, you know, and it's, it's, I, I find a similarity to, you know, it's, it's not just history. It's also, and I know this happens less than it used to in days gone by, but I keep thinking of the analogy in my head of the people where when their teenager ends up pregnant, Instead of acknowledging mm. that, oh, they went on vacation. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. and suddenly they show up later and, you know, and I don't know what's happened with the baby. It's got off to be adopted or whatever, or <laughs> they've had a secret abortion, but of course they could never say that. Um, right. You know, and, and where the, they have this thing that happens in the, fa- in the family or the family history that just nobody ever talks about right you know never happened never happened we'll just pretend it never happened we'll pretend make it, it go never away happened. um you know or or, or 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 whatever you know and and it's this whole attitude of you know not facing the negative things yeah um instead of acknowledging them head on and figuring out what to do about them or, or whatever. And, and of course, like what's negative and what's not is also a big part of this, right? Like, you know, um, do you hide the fact that, you know, one of your kids is gay or do you acknowledge that happily? Right. (laughs) You know, uh, and, and yeah, it's this whole, you know, it, it it seems hypocritical, you know, but in many cases, it seems like it's just the way that a lot of folks deal with things is to not deal with them. Somebody said, uh, I heard this phrase, like, you know, a guy I know like 10 years ago, it's like, I, you know, he said that there was something that he didn't like. And he, he said, I want to deal with this like I want to deal it with, with I want like I, I would deal with a teenage pregnancy. And I'm like, what's that? I just want to wish it away. Yeah, that doesn't work. Doesn't work very well, right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but but before we move on to infrastructure, the other thing I'll just say is there are folks that have been talking about how like the the doom this implies for everything. Now, I'm really negative. To be clear, I'm negative about the future. You've I been think- ne- you've been ne- you've been negative like the whole way. I. But this doesn't make me more negative, right? I, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, this, I, is, this to you, like, is like, look, this is what I expected. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it, you know, the, the it was mentioned that in the Virginia case, like, it's the normal pattern. <laughs> you know, it, it's only been yeah. gone the other way a few times, where after a presidential election, that 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 party loses. And now, stuff. let me say this. But look, let me say this on the positive side. You said about uh, that in Virginia. You do realize that, it, you know, we talk about New Jersey was a disaster, call it a disaster. But it was the first re-election of a governor in forever. Yes. And so, and we're calling it a disaster, realizing, wait a minute, it's the first re-election of a governor in New Jersey in forever. I was like, you know. Look, I, I will say this. I think it's a good thing that this happened, like, right now. Because uh, it, it, gi- it gives them time to... Get their heads out of their asses! Well, and, 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 you know, now, I worry about them overreacting at the same time. But 
you know, like like you said, I, I've been pessimistic all along. I expect that the Republicans will take both the House and Senate at the a year from now, et cetera. But look, et cetera. when you throw that number, but when you threw well, listen, but when you look at that number that you saw there, that when you're talking about what sixty five percent only of the Biden voters showed up to that yeah. Virginia election. Listen, if they only showed up at the same rate as a as as the Trump voters, the the Democrat would have won. That's it. It's that simple, Sam. And it well, and it's that motivation, right? It's the the Democrats, right? For all sorts of reasons. Uh, one of them is, like you said, the Democrats were like, "Look, I elected Democrats, and nothing's happening." Blah blah blah. Another is they're like, "Oh, we don't have to worry about Trump anymore. There's no reason to be engaged." There's been all kinds of metrics about sort of people tuning out because they don't have the Trump drumbeat every day. And meanwhile, well, hell, look, let's not hey, listen. Hey, look, this show. It's not like we've been talking about this kind of shit yeah. every week either, you know? Yeah, and, and meanwhile, the Republicans are all like, oh my God, CRT is taking over our schools right. and they've stolen the election and blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. So the Republicans are up in arms and enraged in the way that the Democrats were in, you know, 2018 and 2020. Do we need do we need to demand an audit of the Virginia vote? God no. Um I I don't <laughs> no? think that would help. Uh, no, oh, no. 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 Um, can we get I mean, we, we, we could get we could get we call Rudy. You know, the- I, I, there there are some areas where I I wish the Democrats would act a little bit more like the Republicans in terms of being aggressive and message discipline and knowing how how to like actually influence people and go after their emotions instead of like talking like academics all the time like mm-hmm. we do honestly we talk like academics too but well, yeah you know, but at I the mean, same I time swear. i mean i swear a lot i guess academics i mean academics swear a lot but. but at the same time i don't think we should adopt the strategy of just lying about everything and making stuff up all the time well i mean i i'm gonna call the four seasons that four seasons place to see if they're they've got uh, availability we could have our press conference <laughs> yes yes uh, apparently i, I keep here seeing these ads uh, or hearing them on on the on on the hearing them as i listen to things online and whatever uh apparently msnbc this weekend is airing a documentary about four seasons landscaping and how they got caught up (laughs) in this whole press conference thing and the effects it had on that business before and after uh so i don't know if i'll watch the damn documentary but it seems that sounds interesting sounds intriguing it actually does sound interesting. They've got like interviews with the owner and the various employees of the place. And now they like, they just out of the blue got a call from like, you know, the president's team saying, can we use your place? And they're like, uh, sure. <laughs> and, then they're, and then they got like bombarded with like you know, people abusing them and death threats and all this kind of stuff <laughs> and how they reacted to it and how they tried to like, you know, oh, God. Ma- make Jesus something good Christ. come out of the situation. And anyway, it, it you're right. It sounds a little interesting. I don't know if I'll bother watching it, but yeah. No, oh, well, okay. Infrastructure and stuff. Okay. Look, who cares? I care. I care. Who cares? But listen, who the... No, but I'm talking honestly. If I grabbed... If I went out to the mall 
And I grabbed 30 people and asked them, hey, what do you think about the infrastructure bill? Do you think they would say anything coherent about it? No. But, and, and th this is, but, you know, f it still has policy implications, right? It still has, it will have effects on American society for decades to come. Well, look, and, and you know what? You know when they will appreciate it? Decades from now. Basically. And, and not even then. They they won't recognize where it came from. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, they, they, they might. It's just kind of like the Affordable Care Act, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, people would have passed. It was like, you know, so many people, whatever. And what is the approval rating of the Affordable Care Act right now? If you look it up, it was in the 60s, 60-some-odd percent, whatever, whatnot. And so, you know, with this shit, it's the same thing. People are stupid. Say it flat out. They're fucking dumb morons. All of them. They don't look at what the hell's going on. They 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 have difficulty when it doesn't, you know, they look at go to the fucking gas station. Oh, look, Biden made gas four dollars a gallon. And I'm like, you're such a moron. That they're stupid, Sam. Like, how else do we want me to describe them? Okay. No, hey, you know, you don't remember that time last year when oil futures went negative and basically, like, all the oil companies decided to cut production massively because, uh, you know, like, the price of oil was, like, <clears throat> you know, negative. And that, you know, there's a ripple effect to that, you know, that just not everything comes back because a whole bunch of people lost so much money and they didn't know where to fuck to shove the oil up their ass or store it wherever that, you know what? Once the man came back up, just like with everything, it just doesn't. We're all idiots. So, I, anyway, no. aside from the general public reaction to it, let's talk a little bit about what happened. It's going to be a massive here. Here's a general reaction to to it. Yeah. Okay, that's going to be the reaction. So here's here's yes. what happened. So what do you think is is big about this? Oh, this okay, I, I want to talk about the mechanics a little bit about the two bills and what's going on with them and blah, blah, blah. The bipartisan infrastructure framework that they've been calling the BIF, that was what passed in the Senate like two months ago and in the House has, being held up, has been held up because the progressives were like, no, we don't want to deal with this until we, deal, until we get the reconciliation part of this handled. Um, what happened tonight is basically... Pelosi and company said, okay, we're done. We're pushing this through. We're pushing through the infrastructure plan. We are not going to wait for reconciliation uh, because that's going to take weeks and weeks longer. Um, the, even just to get it worked out in the House, because you had um, House moderate Democrats saying they wanted to wait for the CBO score on it and blah, 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 blah. But even... Even after all that, even once you, assuming you get all that taken care of and the House passes it, it still has to go back to the Senate. And then you have to deal with Manchin and Cinema and all of those folks. And they were at most lukewarm and were not giving hard commitments or anything else like that. Um, so the, the deal that Pelosi sort of put on the table was, okay, look, we need to pass this infrastructure bill. We cannot wait any longer. We got to get this sucker done. So what I'm offering is you, you is we'll vote on the infrastructure bill and we will vote on the rule 
for the House considering the Build Back Better bill, which we will get to in a couple weeks once people go away on a break and come back and we have time to get the CBO score and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and that doesn't pass the Build Back Better in the House, let alone get it through the Senate, but it pushes it along further. Um, the the House Progressive Caucus ended up, and this is Pramila Jayapal uh, and folks, saying, okay, fine, we will trust you. We will trust Joe Biden because both Pelosi and Biden were saying, look, we've got this. We're going to have the 51 votes in the Senate. We will be able to get this done. Trust us. Just get, let us pass this part and get a win on the table. We will get back to the other stuff. We promise you it will happen. We will get Mansion in line. We will get Cinema in line. It will happen. Um, and the Progressive Caucus as a whole said yes to this. Um, the sort of core squad was like, you've got to be nuts. Like, as soon as we pass this thing, you know, Mansion and Cinema are just going to torpedo this whole damn thing. And we're never going to get the Build Back Better reconciliation part of this deal. And what we wanted all along was to make sure that happened first and tie these things two to and tie these two things together. Um, and this is exactly what they'd been fighting this whole time to keep them connected. This essentially separates them again. Um, and so we ended up, uh, the six Democrats who, who held fast are Bush, Omar, Bowman, Tlaib, Ocasio-Cortez, and Presley. Those six Democrats did indeed vote no against this thing. Now, that leaves 215 Democrats for. In order to pass a bill out of the House, you needed 217 votes. So that left them two votes short. But Pelosi knew what she was doing. She knew she had Republican votes too. So you ended up with 13 Republicans voting for this bipartisan bill, which is not to be shocked. You shouldn't be too shocked. It was bipartisan in the Senate too. You know, it had enough to break the filibuster in the Senate. Um, so you had 13 Republicans uh, vote yes on this thing. Now they're getting a lot of flack in the last hour and a half from other Republicans for crossing over. But, you know, basically it was the bipartisan bill. Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I'm so sick and tired of these people. Yeah. So, but you, 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 but Pelosi was able to get it through the finish line. Now, you know, there was, there was some saying here, like, well, did everybody like, did everybody know, right? Like, did the six Democrats who voted against it know that their six votes would not tank it. So they were actually safe to vote no, knowing this thing happened. Quite possibly. You know, and it seems clear that Pelosi knows. Pelosi... Or were they... To, well, Pelosi knew. But I, I, I happen to believe that these people, you know, probably more 
they're so stubborn that they probably didn't even know that by doing what they were doing, they basically are losing all their leverage. Well, the, the thing is, they were. Here's the thing: they they're losing their their only chance of retaining leverage here was to not let this thing pass. And so, where they lost? No, I I disagree. No, I disagree. I, I completely disagree. Okay, because by 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 not voting for it, they basically made themselves totally expendable. Well, they're definitely expendable now that they've lost. But like. But that's but that's my point. It, unless, it, listen, it, it, but, it, but but no, but my point. But but, but but here's my point. Like at this point, like I have, I have zero faith that Cinema and Mansion won't end up tanking the second part of the bill. Well, you know, you always look. I mean, maybe maybe they won't. Like we do have Pelosi and Biden have both said repeatedly over the last week and a half. That they have the fifty-one votes in the Senate, but what? But yeah. you haven't heard that actually from Mansion and Cinema. So, but maybe, maybe they got it. They got you know, and, and this is and this is why Jaya Powell and the rest of the Progressive Caucus went went along with this. They basically said, "Look, we're going to trust Pelosi and Biden when they say we got this." They, but they they put they put something on the table and they made a commitment and you know to trust them because this is the whole well you know it, it's the only way you're gonna get this shit done it, it's the only way so the the alternative stick to look where it, it the, and you would have needed the whole progressive caucus to do it not just the six who ended up staying on with this if the whole progressive caucus had continued to say. Look, we will pass the infrastructure bill after reconciliation is on the president's desk. Then this process would have gone on probably for a couple more months, but you might yeah, but you you would retain leverage against Mansion and Cinema. However, I think the the flaw in that argument is Mansion and Cinema seem to have been signaling if you do that, you get nothing. Right, right, right. Exactly. You know, it, it, it's just like, we're willing to let the whole damn thing go. Yep. So if you stick to that, then, you know, you won't get infrastructure, you won't get Build Back Better, you'll get nothing at all, uh, which which is one of the reasons I think, like, maybe infrastructure is all you get. Maybe Build Back Better does die or gets res- restricted even further than it's already been shrunk from its original form. But again, I don't know, maybe... Like Biden's got these private assurances from these guys and they can pull it out. Uh, but it, it definitely, once you let this thing pass, the progressives in the House no longer have any leverage on whether or not that happens. That's pretty much uh, <laughs> where they are right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so. Um, well. <sighs> You know, I I I think I've been seeing all kinds of um, uh, con- you know, congratulations on the Democratic side of getting this thing done and how exciting this was and how it should have happened months ago and people blaming the progressive and blaming Mansion and Cinema, um, you know. So uh, we'll see. Um, and I think that there's no doubt that the 
The infrastructure plan itself is going to have a lot of value in and of itself. Uh, my question at this point is, can they pull off the other half? You know, and, you know, and, and how long it takes. Because Manchin has said... Well, Nancy and what's-his-name say that, you know, they got it. So... They say they got it. So we'll see. Like, but Manchin has over and over and over again said, I think we should slow this down. Maybe we can look at this next year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Well, let's be clear. Next year is 60 days. That's true. That's true. Next year is not that far away. So it's not that far away. So if he's saying we're going to look at it in January, that's not exactly that far away. And it fits in with the timeline you were talking about, the CBO scoring, the other stuff or whatever. It's not well, exactly that far yeah. off. Yeah. Well, the, the CBO scoring is probably a couple weeks out for the House version. But then what probably is going to happen is, and look, they got they got the agreement from the House Democratic Caucus, the, the, the moderates in the House are the Build Back Better bill in its current form when they get back in a couple weeks. They got that commitment from the House. So I feel like it's probably going to pass the House no problem. I feel like it was never a real question whether it would pass the House. The, the House was never the problem. It was the Senate. Uh, but we're, But they'll pass it out of the House. It'll go over to the Senate. Then the Senate's going to change all kinds of stuff. You know, uh, there, there, they're going to, there's going to be more negotiation on the Senate. Things will be pulled out. It will be substantially different in one way or another. Um, and then you'll either have it fail in the Senate, uh, if Manchin and Cinema just can't get what they want out of it, or more likely they will make whatever deal they have to do to get Manchin and Cinema on board which will be less than what the house passes. And then they'll send it back to the house again. And there'll be another round of negotiations and conference committee. And that is going to take a lot longer. So maybe we do end up in January or something on this. Although I think because this is, this is related to an annual budget cycle reconciliation is there might be something like if they pass December, they have to start over or something. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know. Cause fiscal year is not even December. It's like October or something. So I, I, I don't know, but uh, it's going to get messier and it's going to take longer and it's good. Right. I mean, we're, we're, in the, we're in the new fiscal already. And, exactly. and so ugh, I, I, I don't know. I, I just see uh, it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be, even less than it's going to be, it's going to be less than what the house is passing in a couple weeks. Um, if they manage to get it done and I'm not sure they'll manage to get it done. Um, but they'll at least have this one win on the table and be able to bank that and start, you know, people, you, you were talking about messaging and everything, right? Like one of the problems with all of this legislation is they haven't been able to go out and sell it at all. Because it hasn't fully existed yet. Like, the infrastructure thing wasn't passed. The Build Back Better stuff every week looks different than it did the previous week as these negotiations are continuing. Now, they at least passed this thing. It's going to go to the president's desk. He's going to sign it. And you know exactly what's in that. You know there's this much money going to all of these places. All of these states are going to get money out of it. You're, 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 you're putting in this. You're putting in that. And it may take a while the actual roads and bridges to get built or the new uh, high-speed 
broadband networks to actually be built and out for people and blah, blah, blah. That may take a while to actually happen, but it will actually start happening and people will be able to point to it. And by the time we get to next November, people will be able, people in local congressional districts will be able to point to some construction project going on in their town that is because of this. That is because of right. And, you know, and like you said, policy in the end, people are very not cognizant of all of these details. But at the very least, if they do right, the Democrats will be able to at least have something to talk about. <laughs> and we'll see if we get more out of it. Of course, if 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 it's anything like what happened with the COVID relief, the Republicans who voted against it will also take credit for it. Okay. I, I, I think that's the end. Oh, God, thank God. Okay, it's very late here. I need I need to go to sleep. Okay, so, well, the, the, the stuff at the end real quick. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us or get in contact with us, just go to our website, curmudgeons-corner.com. Uh, you'll see the archive of our shows. You'll see how to get in touch with us, uh, either email, Facebook, whatever, 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 Twitter, all of those kinds of things. Um, and of course our Patreon is also on there. If you want to give us a little tip, uh, at various levels, you'll get us mentioning you on the show, a postcard, a mug, ringing a bell, whatever. And most importantly at $2 a month or more, or if you just talk to us and are nice to us and ask nicely, uh, we will invite you to our curmudgeons corner slack where Yvonne and I, and a variety of our listeners are chatting throughout the week, sharing links, talking about the news, talking about whatever. Uh, so, Yvonne, do you want to say anything about that? Uh, let's see. What did we share that was like, uh, uh, we did not talk about. We shared uh, something about an Apple rolled out a fix for macOS Monterey, for example. Apparently, some some people updating got got uh, got their computers bricked. Yep. Uh, let's see. We talked about uh, uh, webcams and meetings. We talked about you know there's different criteria. People, some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people don't care. You know, I, I just like you know what I'm whatever. Uh, uh, we talked about uh, what the heck else? Oh, we talked about vaccines. We got a lot of talk about vaccines. Who's getting vaccines? I got my flu shot this last week, so I was talking about that uh, and other stuff. Uh, what the heck else? But a lot of talk about vaccines. Man, I saw threads and threads and discussions and all, all this stuff. Sam shared a very sad story that there's a baby that was handed to U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan on the exit that apparently is still missing. I'm sure the baby's not missing. Somebody just doesn't know where the hell the baby is, but it's got to be somewhere. Well, that's what that's what missing means. <laughs> right. Okay, but it's not like it's not like they put it in the garbage or something or whatever. I mean, it's not like missing like the boat. What I mean is the baby is not like hiding in some woods or something. I would I would think I would. I'm pretty sure. We're we're hoping the baby's actually okay. They've just misplaced it. Yes, but you'd think, but you'd think someone would know. Exactly. Okay. And they have. It's been months. They've been looking. They haven't been able to figure out where this baby went. And then uh, a Christian radio host was sentenced to three life sentences for a Ponzi scheme, bilking millions from elderly listeners. How Christian? 
And there you have it. That was like some of the cool stuff that we had shared. Uh, okay. Oh, and the QAnon people uh, that decided to descend on on Dallas because JFK was coming back. They all went to the grassy knoll. Okay. And I I remembered things I want to say about infrastructure. It'll only take a couple seconds. You know, we'd talked, you know, as much as whether or not the BBB happens, I remember early on in the Biden presidency talking about how it would be a miracle if Biden actually got anything done from this bipartisan infrastructure point of view. And you were wrong. And he got it done. And he got it done. He got it through the Senate months ago. He got it through the House now. Um, and whether or not the second half of this stuff happens, the fact that he was able to get this part done was itself like an incredible accomplishment. A billion dollar. I mean, a, I mean, a, a billion dollar, a trillion dollar freaking infrastructure bill. I mean, seriously. A trillion dollar infrastructure that nobody thought was realistic, that he could get through. He got Republican votes for it. He got, you know, more I than mean, the Trump. How many infrastructure weeks did we have during the Trump administration that we never got anywhere even close to this? Yeah. And and look, the process to get here was incredibly painful. But it it, it happened, you know? So, yeah. And anyway, with all of that said and out of the way, hey, everybody, have a great week. Um, have fun. Stay safe. Blah, 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 blah. All that kind of stuff. And we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.